0: And welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, and joining me this episode is Madison. How's it going, Madison?
1: It's going well, Pat. Uh, thanks for having me. Happy to be Absol-
0: here. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we can have you on frequently. Um, I love to, I want to get like, it's so often it's just Jake and I doing the show. And uh, and other than that, it's Ariel comes on with some regularity too. But I wanted to try to, my vision was always to get like as many people as possible in through the door. So I'm excited to have you. If people aren't familiar, Madison's been doing some really great videos on YouTube at Seattle coffee gear. Um, you're kind of becoming one of our main hosts with the crew. So it's really good to finally have you on the podcast.
1: Well, thanks so much, Pat. And um, I'm really excited about the videos too. I'm just happy to, uh, you know, continue exploring coffee with, uh, this great team.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. So today we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about sort of brewing on a budget and stretching your dollar, uh, so to speak, to, to get the best coffee that you can, because there's a lot of, I think, people that think maybe, well... The best you can do if you don't have a lot to spend on coffee is to get sort of get a, like a generic grocery store brand pre-ground and put it in a Mr. Coffee. And there's actually a lot of other things you can do to get a good cup of coffee. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. But first, uh, I wanted to ask, as we usually do, uh, is there has there been any coffee and or gear that you've been excited about the last couple of weeks over the holidays, maybe?
1: Yeah. Um. So I've, I've been excited about this episode because I'm a big manual person. Uh, brew method fan myself, so I, I think cool. there's a lot of exciting things you can do um, at a good budget in in this kind of um, with those manual brew methods. So with that, I've been really excited about um, actually a grinder in particular. I've been uh, grinding with the Fellow Ode, and uh, it's been my first experiment or experience with it, and it's been a really really great grinder. It's been really fun to use. It's quirky, uh, but you know, it's been fun and exciting. It's kind of um, been been a good way to kind of switch up my uh, my morning routine, um, trying to use a new grinder. So it's been fun.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. I um, have personally been really excited about, and I'm sure that you know it's been something we've been talking about a lot, uh, around the office, but we finally have the Dilletta Bello in stock at Seattle coffee gear on the website. Um, it's a really cool machine. We'll do a whole episode about that brand. Cause it's a really cool story. Um, it's an exclusive brand of Seattle coffee gear. It's basically like we connected with the people making the machines and really wanted to, um, to, to explore the stuff that they were doing. And it's essentially a way for us to try to bring really high quality coffee equipment to the market here without the price tag, like trying to remove all of the sort of brand up charges from the price tag, if that makes any sense. Um, I mean, we sell a lot of really great brands and, and I'm not uh, suggesting anything to the contrary there, but like you know, as brands exist for a long time, they tend to need to increase prices and things like that. And, 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 uh, so then they kind of change over time. So this is our attempt to kind of get back to basics with uh, a machine that is really solid, uh, Italian design. It's got that kind of look of, of classic Italian E 61 group machines, really solid components. It's very reliable. It's gives you really good hands on control and just makes quality drinks, and it's not quite as expensive as you might spend on some other Italian machines. So uh, it's really cool. I would recommend checking out. We've got a bunch of video content rolling out over it. Um, and we've got uh, blog posts up about it. And um, it's available on the site now. So go take a look at that. I'll put a link to it in the, the show notes as well. Uh, so we're really excited about that. But again, we'll probably do a full episode on that in the next few weeks here as that machine rolls out and picks up a little bit of steam. So uh, that's our... I guess what we've kind of been doing, it's been a little bit of, uh, we've been over the holiday break, so I'm still shaking the cobwebs off a little bit, I think from <laughs> n- not, not even like we had tons of time off, but just, you know, your brain kind of goes sideways when it's the twilight of the year.
1: <laughs> totally. It's getting, we're just getting 2022 kicked off. So
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, in the Seattle area, the, there's been sort of a snow apocalypse occurring over the last week and a half or so that's finally broken uh so that didn't help either (laughs) lots of um trying to avoid getting out of bed as long as possible uh around our house so uh yeah um excited about 2022 excited to have we have a bunch of really cool episodes planned but uh let's get into our topic today with brewing on a budget uh so i'll let you sort of start if you have any like what is your general if you had to to brew as affordably as you can, what would you go to?
1: Well, um, I would, you know, I just personally, I would recommend my setup. (laughs) It works the best for me. (laughs) so I, I think that, you know, any, anyone interested in coffee, um, I would advise anyone giving it a try. And that is a pour over brewing. I, I really love it. I think that you can do it, um, affordably, you know, the, the different components of the pour over, um, you know, you, you need a way to heat your water. Uh, you need a way to grind your coffee. Um, or, you, you know, you could buy pre-ground, I guess, but I, I think that if you wanted to have the best possible quality and still at a good price point, you would still want a grinder. Um, and then you'd need your pour over dripper. Um, but my setup, what I like to do is the Hario V60 dripper. Um, and I use a gooseneck kettle. Um, which you can, you can find some good gooseneck kettles. You don't necessarily need to jump right into the, uh, variable temp, um, gooseneck. You can, you can get a gooseneck kettle that you, um, set on your stove and heat that way. Um, for is sure. a really good, yeah. uh, you know, a good, good way to brew. Um, but yeah, it's, I really like it because I really like to, um, weigh the beans out, you know, get it dosed out, grind them fresh for each pour over. Um, I like a nice, you know, fresh roasted bean, usually like four to seven weeks. Um, but yeah, love love the pour-over. And I think that you can do it um, in an affordable way. You know, you don't necessarily have to do uh, the variable temp, like I mentioned. You could do it a cheaper, um, you know, stovetop kettle. Or you could do a kettle that's not gooseneck. doesn't necessarily have to be
0: uh, gooseneck. Yeah. I, when I started doing pour-over, I didn't have a gooseneck kettle. And... I think that's a good point that sometimes we miss is we talk a lot about here's the ideal setup for making the best pour over or for for even for making the best drip coffee. But you can get started with. I mean, honestly, if you have like just enough lying around, like a lot of people already have an electric kettle for making tea or something like that or at least a kettle that goes on the stovetop, that's a pretty standard kitchen thing. So if you have that, you can kind of consider that good to go for now and focus on getting a grinder and a dripper. And, you know, there are hand grinders that exist that work really well for pour over that are even more affordable than electric grinders. There's also electric grinders that are pretty affordable and do a great job. Like we have the Sola Scala that's under around a hundred dollars and it's a really great uh grinder that that kind of punches above its weight price-wise and then it's really just a dripper so if you can get the grinding and the hot water figured out all you really need is a dripper and those are super affordable totally. it's like 20 bucks for a decent dripper absolutely uh, and, and and it'll do the job so i think that's and and, and again obviously like having a scale is important you can get by with a pretty standard kitchen scale. A lot of times, those scales aren't accurate down to the very precise measurements that we think of with coffee. But you can get creative too, where even if you don't have a scale, it's all ratios, right? So, I have in the past, when I've been in a pinch, like at somebody's house making, trying to make a pour over or something, I have in a pinch done things like, you know, you've got, I'll take two tablespoons of coffee, ground coffee, and then you put them in the the filter. And then if you do a little bit of creative conversions, you can just measure out your water ahead of time. And then I'll add a little bit more for anything that would boil off in a stovetop kettle, and then put that on the, the stove and then once it's boiling, you take it off, you let it sit for, it's usually around 10 seconds, but it just depends on, actually depends mostly on your altitude, how much you want to let the the, the water sit. But it'll come down to coffee brewing temperature, and then you just know, well, I'm going to go through this whole thing of water because I know the ratio is right. So, it's not as precise as weighing, but like, I know people who have, I said, if they've been brewing pour, pour over for years, and I said, where's your scale and they've said, what are you talking about?
1: Let, no, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just eyeball it. Yeah, it's a feel <laughs> so, it's, I mean, I yeah. think like, uh, I, one of the things I think is that coffee's super personal, you know, and it's yeah. definitely, um, you know, whatever you like or however you like to do it is definitely the best way in my opinion. So, I mean, you definitely develop like a muscle memory, uh, and like kind of like in your brewing process, you develop, you know, you kind of get used to, um, what works for you. And, you know, you find methods like that to kind of, you know, make repeatable results without necessarily having a scale.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that is, uh, that is the way to think about it. And I mean, always keep in mind that, that the more equipment that you're getting and the more sophisticated you're getting, it does improve your coffee to a point for sure. So I think that it's worth keeping that in mind, but Um, as far as getting started is concerned, you can go for a lot less, um, another for me, the, the thing that I, I don't actually use one very often, but the thing that I always recommend to people who want to get into coffee affordably is an AeroPress because it's, I prefer pour over to an AeroPress personally, but also an AeroPress is so easy. I mean, you buy the AeroPress, and it has literally everything you need other than your hot water and your ground coffee. So um, just in that box, you're getting everything you could need to to make a really good cup of coffee. And then there's so many different ways you can experiment with an AeroPress. The thing about pour-over brewing that can be, I think, I don't want to say frustrating, but notable, is there is kind of an – it is about – personal preference, but I would argue that there is kind of an optimal way to brew a pour over. Um, we've kind of figured it out, it's like the best way to get the best extraction from a V60 or, or from a Kalita. Um, and you can do very minor variations in that. But usually what you're trying to do is get the most out of you're making the variations based on the coffee. What's kind of cool about an AeroPress is there's a bunch of different ways you can, I mean, a bunch, there's a handful of different ways you can brew with it to get different, wildly different results that might appeal to different people's palates differently.
1: Totally. Um, the the AeroPress, I'm glad that you brought it up, is another one of my favorite brew methods. Um, it's, uh, you know, not only versatile, but really fun. I, I think it's experimenting with the different recipes that you can find, like online. Um is really fun you know, like you said yeah. um, you get everything that you need in one package i mean beyond your your way to grind your coffee and heat your water but um that's super versatile really fun uh, i I think you can also make a real variety of different drinks with it too um, for sure which is really yeah cool. Well,
0: what's cool is you can make you can you can make a based on your this i was actually explaining this to this to somebody recently a friend of mine. But what's interesting about the AeroPress is because of the nature of it, because it has that micro filter in it, you can, instead of just grinding for a specific kind of brewing, you can actually vary your grind size quite a bit. And if you want something that's more like a press flavor, but with a with, with less grit, you can grind for press and then steep it like you would a press and then press it. And then you're going to have a really bold um stronger cup of coffee that's been immersion brewed but you can also emulate like espresso shots if you grind very fine and then um and 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 don't immerse it for quite as long and focus more on the pressing part and 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 the straining and the pressure so it's pretty cool because to your point then you can really easily add like some warmed milk or something like that and almost get to a sort of faux latte situation it's not gonna be the same as something that you make on a $2,000 Italian espresso machine but it, it, it's cool how with its versatility how you can kind of experiment with different kinds of brewing and then if you find that you really like that more espresso style then you can go okay well maybe I should work in the direction of getting something more appropriate for that kind of brewing
1: absolutely and um I think that's one of the great things about the AeroPress for sure. Um, but it's also the AeroPress kind of gets me thinking about, um, I don't know, almost like a building blocks of your kind of coffee setup. And I think if we're, I'm thinking about the topic of the episode, you know, brewing on a budget. Mm -hmm. Um, I might say, this is just my opinion that maybe the most important thing to do if you're getting into coffee and you want to hop in, um, I would personally prioritize your grinder, you know, say, get it, get a good quality grinder, uh, put your investment there. Like, like you mentioned, the Scala is an awesome option and it's, um, affordable, but I mean, say, say you, ha- you have your good quality grinder. Um, then from there, you know, you can start to kind of build your, your setup. And I think the AeroPress is an awesome, um, brew method to add to that, uh, coffee setup. But once you get your grinder, you know, you can really start to get that, um, built out. And actually I, um, the AeroPress, this is my, uh, happened to me actually, uh, this is before I had a a kettle in my home or anything like that. I, I used my microwave to heat my water and I actually, uh, took some time. I had a, a microwave safe, um, dish to heat my water. And I experimented with it a bit, um, because I wanted to get just that precise temperature you know you want to be mm-hmm. right in that 195 to 205 range or you know kind of experiment with a temp uh based on you know what roast you're using but um i use my microwave and a timer and a kitchen thermometer and i actually figured out how much time it took uh just to heat my water to the uh precise temperature that i needed so uh and i made an inc- to me, really great coffee in my, uh, AeroPress and, um, microwaved water. Uh, but I just saved, you know, saved, a, a component, no need for a kettle in this, uh, in, in that case.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that's sort of all of the, the, the grinder is definitely the place that I would put your investment because I think, you know, nice filtered water through a variable time temp- temperature kettle is definitely a huge improvement for your brewing setup, but to your point like you can if you're getting you can get by with things like microwave water and stuff like that and eyeballing it in terms of a scale. Whereas a grinder you can't really use a spice grinder which is usually the grinder people have around for coffee. It's just not designed for it. So you're gonna need at least a hand grinder or a affordable electric grinder. And you can get there under for under a hundred dollars but um Yeah, it's it's important, I think, to have a grinder that's specially designed for coffee, because the biggest thing about coffee freshness, you know, it's good if you can have a roast that's within, like you were saying, like four to seven weeks since the roast date. But sometimes I drink coffee that is further past that date. And it's fine. The big thing is that is whether or not you're grinding it fresh. So getting pre-ground coffee can kind of get you started, but that is the single most noticeable improvement in your coffee that you're going to find is going from a pre-ground sort of situation to something ground fresh. And, um, even if you go get really good coffee at a local shop, the ground coffee is going to lose its flavor a lot faster than if it's in if it's whole bean and then you're grinding it freshly because grinding it is releasing a bunch of um, you know oils and and uh, and aromas and stuff like that that's important to the brewing process and those just kind of dissipate when you're when the grounds are just sitting and not being used so um, I would make sure that if you Another notable thing, too, is if you do have a grinder and d- don't make sure you're grinding fresh when you brew your coffee. Like, I know some people that I was shocked to find will, like, grind, batch grind their coffee when they get home from the grocery store in their home grinder. And I was just like, whoa. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Why even have the grinder just grind it at the grocery store? Why? Totally. <laughs> if you're just going to get home and grind it all, <laughs> what's the point? Um, you should really be grinding it fresh. And that's going to be the biggest improvement to the flavor of your coffee for sure.
1: 100% agree. And it's, um, you know, it's also it's part of the brew process. You know, if you say you go to a cafe or, or you go to, uh, you know, your favorite coffee shop, you're, you're going to notice that, you know, e- each time the professional baristas, you know, brew a drip pot, it's a fresh grind. Um, you know, anytime you brew an espresso, you know, your dose is ground fresh before brew, same with pour overs or, or, French press or anything, you'll, you'll notice that, um, that's, what's happening behind your cafe counter too. So, um, I, I, would definitely recommend grinding for each, um, grinding fresh, you know, before each brew totally.
0: Yeah. Uh, so in the interest of kind of covering some more bases, I think, um it's worth talking we talked a little bit about the AeroPress a little bit about pour over if you're really interested in drip brewing, which is a little more automatic, I think a lot of the same principles apply. The biggest thing to make sure of with your drip brewer is that it's got a a good heating element in it and that it's not temperature. um, It's not going to scorch the coffee. A lot of times really cheap brewers don't have a sustained brewing temperature. They just heat the water to boiling and then start brewing with it. And then it scorches all the coffee. And then by the end of the time it's brewing the pot, the, the water's now down to like 180 or something um that's gonna lead to bad coffee that's like the the most important thing is freshly ground beans the second most important thing is temperature stability during the brewing process to promote proper extraction so you're gonna want to find something that has if you can that's sca rated so that it that means that it has that heating element that's gonna work
1: yeah absolutely that that temperature stability you know you can still get into kind of the automated. Uh, brew world on a budget you know you can find good sea rated brewers um you know hovering around that hundred dollar mark um yeah still get a good I, good drip pot
0: the first one that i had that was really that that worked well was a Bonavita, um and that they have some affordable brewers that are going to give you that temperature stability they're not super uh, featureful, but they're just kind of on/off. But um, then you can you can upgrade from there to um, just so just making sure you have that grinder and then a, a brewer that's going to be able to deliver that consistent heat. Uh, and there are maybe even more affordable ones that you can find than Bonavitas, but just you just want to make sure that it's got a SCA rated um, heating element or at least that it has some kind of. Badging or proof or or lists as a feature at the very least that it has stable temperatures uh, and and it's got like a a consistent heating element that sustains the temperature rather than just heating it up really fast and then letting the heat dissipate over the course of the brew cycle. Um, So that one's pretty simple. I also want to talk a little bit about espresso before we wrap it up, which is a little harder to do on a on a tight budget but there are machines that you can get into that are not super expensive to kind of get started. Um, I don't know if you had any in mind for espresso.
1: Yeah. I mean, one that comes to mind right away um, is the Solus um, Barista Perfetta. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those are, you know, uh, it's a really great uh, espresso machine. It, i What's cool about it too, in my opinion, is that comes with the unpressurized baskets or non-pressurized baskets. So, you know, kind of as your interest in espresso increases, or say you get you know, a higher quality grinder down the line, you can kind of that, the Profeta will kind of grow with you in a way. Um, Yeah. It's a super user-friendly machine too, which I appreciate.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think the Profeta is the, is the best option to get into if you want that, um, that option of going to those unpressurized baskets because it um, it just works, it's relatively simple, it's, it's reliable, and it has that really good temperature stability through the brewing process. Um, the steaming is, is really competent as well. So I like it for brewing at that unpressurized level, which is kind of the eventual goal, or maybe should be for anybody getting into espresso because you're going to get a lot more control over your shots. That way, if you're brewing with an unpressurized basket, um, because there's no, uh, you're, you're getting, you're dialing in more precisely to get specific flavors. Whereas with a pressurized basket, it's taking some of the guesswork out of it. And it's harder to find that true sweet spot of like, what's getting you the best flavor. Um, because the basket is creating some of the back pressure that you need to brew espresso. Um, so you can still get good espresso drinks with a pressurized basket, but it's, it's, Definitely, if you if you want to take it seriously, you want to go up to that unpressurized basket level. Um, I would also say that the basic uh, Breville Bambino is doesn't have that unpressurized capability, but that's about as low as I would go for getting into espresso. Mm. Um, it's still a solid machine as long as you're okay with sticking with pressurized baskets. If you want to like. Do that for a year or two and get used to it, and see if you like the brew method. I think that machine is a really good option um, as well. Absolutely, the, there's a really affordable Delonghi, and and um, we carry it. and I don't think it's a necessarily a bad machine. I know several people who use it, the Stelosa, mm. um, who like it. I would say. That's probably one you're gonna if you're in if you're enthusiastic enough to say listen to a podcast about coffee even <laughs> if you're just getting into it it's one that you're probably gonna outgrow pretty quick um, it's a very basic machine for really just determining wh- whether or not you like espresso in the first place so. Um, I wouldn't discourage anybody who's interested in trying it out from from giving it a shot because uh, it's not a bad machine, but it's also around the hundred dollar price point. Right. And we're talking about a, a, a field of machines that goes up to the thousands of dollars. So right. you, you're kind of getting what you're paying for in comparison to other machines with something like that Delosa in the hundred dollar range. And I can't think of any machines around there that I would recommend other than that offering from DeLonghi in that price range
1: totally and i agree and you know um with with the delonghi and also with the bambino um you know being that they're pressurized baskets it's kind of another way to um you know continue like that budget thought where with those machines you may not even need to actually think about a grinder you know you could use there's a lot of good pre-ground espresso roasts from kind of like the bigger european roasters so Yep, that's you know if you maybe maybe that's a coffee that you like a lot already. Could be a good option for you. you think about skipping the grinder.
0: For sure, yeah, and I think that uh, fresh grinding, grinding fresh, is definitely more important when you're talking about an unpressurized basket because the thing that pressurized baskets do is they do kind of. I don't really know what the right what I'm what the word I'm looking for is. I wouldn't. I don't want to say they like muddy the flavor because that sounds so negative, and I don't think that it's that bad. But they kind of um, just they remove some of the character, I think, from the beans. So you can still get good shots, but rather than Shots with a lot of character where you're you could blind taste test a row of them and pick out the differences in each one You're getting more of like this is a shot of espresso. Mm-hmm. This is what you expect This is what you expect when you go to a coffee shop and maybe a big chain coffee shop and order a shot of espresso That's what you're that's that's the kind of flavor that you're gonna be getting out of um out, out of out of your uh pressurized delonghi or breville Bambino or something so it does mean that yeah you can get away with some of that more um pre-ground stuff because you're probably doing more to it than just drinking it as a straight shot so you're going to be totally. imparting other flavors through milk and syrups and stuff like that i would say if you're really into the idea of like course cortados or ristretto's i would i would start <laughs> with the the Solas profeta as your floor absolutely because <laughs> <what>? yeah because <laughs> those are kinds of drinks where you're you're really looking for the character and flavor of the beans themselves, totally. not just going for espresso. So, the coffee yeah, is the star in that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, You'll notice when you go to big chain coffee shops, they don't usually ask you what coffee you want when you get an espresso shot. And that's part of why um, a lot of times they have a limited selection anyway, because you can only dial in so many grinders. But You'll at least notice pretty prominently at a more niche specialty coffee shop, they'll at least make it very clear what coffees they have dialed in, um, even if they don't have a wide selection that day. But if you go to chain shops, they tend to just sort of give you your espresso. And um, in fact, in a lot of them, it's not even if they just use automatic machines that don't even it's like they grind and brew <laughs> basically like a super auto right which is fine i mean you can get okay coffee that way for sure but um if you want to get into like teasing out specific flavors and single origins then you're going to want to go for a machine that does unpressurized espresso Absolutely. brewing
1: and yeah i mean the the profeta is a really great i think a very capable and and a good step into that world
0: yep and again if you really want to go on a project, that's a you make a really good point that Something like a stilosa or a Bambino is a good option because you can do that pre-ground thing, and you kind of don't really need that much else at that point because you just kind of you get you'll you'll figure out how much co- how much the portafilter should be full of coffee, and you can just kind of brew then because they do all the hot water and stuff. So that's actually a really good example of a way you can get some coffee if you're not that concerned about the price, but you don't or the taste, but you don't want to go down into the this burns the crap out of my coffee <laughs> yeah. rabbit hole that a lot of really cheap brewers go, then I think that uh, Americanos on a on a uh, DeLonghi-Stelosa, there's worse things you could get. Yeah, <laughs> worse ways to get your morning cup of coffee for sure. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, do you have any other thoughts on the, the brewing on a budget for people? Well, I mean,
1: I think just like my parting advice, like, like I said, is if I was to get into coffee, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about my budget, you know, I would prioritize, um, uh, the grinder, you know, get, make sure that you get a grinder. You can still get a really high quality grinder at a good price. Um, you know, the Sola Scala, like we mentioned, or, you know, the Baratza Encore is another great option. It's a little, little bit more expensive, but still really, really great. Uh, focus on your grinder, um, you know, and, yeah, have fun with it and, and trust trust your gut is what I'd say. Trust trust your taste buds. You know, whatever whatever tastes good to you, if, if it tastes good to you, I, it sounds like you're doing it right.
0: Cool. All right. Well, um, yeah, I would second all of that. I think that's the biggest. Trust your taste buds is the biggest. Uh, that should be our our motto uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. Um, so, thank you so much for joining me, Madison. It was a really great time. We're going to have you back hopefully very soon. Um, and we'll get some more variety with who's chatting about what on the show. We've got a bunch of, like I said at the top, really cool episodes planned coming up. So I am very excited for it. Sounds good, Pat. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So thank you so much to everyone listening for joining us for this episode of the Seattle Coffee Gear podcast. If you have a question you'd like to hear right on the podcast, please feel free to drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know in a review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend. If you know anybody who might be into it, especially this episode's a really good entry point. So yeah. Uh, and then for all your coffee needs, be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. We will see you next episode.